Arkansas weed scientist Ford Baldwin joins us to talk about the dicamba issues happening in his state, also in Tennessee, and what might happen down the line for us in the Corn Belt. Ford, what's the current situation there in Arkansas? Plant board's got right at 600 complaints right now, and our plant board proposed to stop use, stop sale, because... You know, we got about 34% extend beans, and in a lot of the counties where there's heavy extend use, then every other soybean there is being hammered. I mean, we've got we got two kinds of soybeans in a lot of these counties. that dicamba beans, and those have been nuked by dicamba beans. And uh, everybody's just trying to sort through that, and it went to the governor, and the governor backed the plant board, and it went to some, I don't know what all, I can't, I don't know one legislative committee from another one. But it went to a legislative committee earlier this week that was really supposed to just be a kind of a rubber stamp deal to make sure that no laws had been broken in the process, and apparently it turned into a cotton-picking Donnybrook just about. So, you know, they kicked the can on down the road to the Joint Senate House Ag Committees. And then I got asked two days ago to come give the opening testimony there this morning, and uh, I guess my comments took about an hour, about 30 minutes, and then they grilled me for an hour. Let me ask you this. What did those comments from you include? What were your main talking points? My main synopsis is, I mean, obviously, we got about half the people, uh, not quite probably, but it, it'll be there, that want to grow extend beans. They like the technology. They like the, what they're getting out of the weed control. You know, the problem is we're not keeping it on target. And, and the companies have wanted to blame everything and everybody but themselves. You know, in, in areas where we don't have heavy use rates, or heavy usage, heavy market penetration. You know, when you go look at a field that's been hit with dicamba the first time, then pretty much you see a drift pattern. You pretty much see the physical drift part of that off-target. And you feel pretty good. And then and then things bump along, and they bump along, and, and you think you're okay for about two weeks, and it's like a damn bomb goes off in the air. And then every single field that's not an extend field in a, in a given area looks exactly the same. There's no patterns in it. Every plant looks the same. Every field looks the same, et cetera, et cetera. And that is no doubt in my mind that that is, is vapor volatility, even though these are lower volatility formulations, they're not non-volatile. And in these 90-degree temperatures, when you get a whole bunch of it on the ground in a given area, their vapor, they're cooking off. And, and you've got vapors going in the air. It's accumulating in inversions at night, and it's going to all over Hell's Half Acre. Let me play devil's advocate, because you mentioned that it's all about the nozzles and the spray and the drift and the vapor. So that's user error. Do you think that maybe the companies are right in saying they're not at fault? How do you think they're at fault? No. I mean, if it's moving off target due to drift, you just put yourself, you're the farmer, you did the spray. If it's moving off target due to drift, then you did not follow the label properly, yes, that's an applicator issue. But if, on the other hand, you put it out in your field, the wind was blowing away from your neighbor, or maybe, you know, maybe you didn't have anything around your field but corn, and you know you follow the label, you watch that spray go down, you know you got it perfectly on target. And the next day, or the next couple of days, it turns to a gas and moves off the target and goes and kills a bunch of red gold tomatoes. Is that an applicator problem, or is that a chemical problem? First time I met you was at Beck's five years ago, and you talked about 
all the weed pressures you were seeing in your part of the country and how we better watch out in Indiana and Illinois and Ohio. It, it's coming. There aren't a whole lot of, of choices out there for farmers. Uh, these modes of actions are, are kind of getting few and far between. Does this narrow that down even more, or is there still hope for dicamba in the future? I personally do not believe the technology can be used in the form it exists in today. And yeah, if we can't use it, that's a bad deal. I mean, that takes away a technology, but... But the thing you got to understand about the technology, the, the extent technology, it's all or nothing. You cannot intercrop dicamba and non-dicamba soybeans, and y'all will learn that up there probably by about the 1st of August. And so you're either going to have to, it's an all or nothing technology, you're going to have to be zero dicamba or 100% dicamba. Okay, you go 100% dicamba for a year or two, you stop the soybean drip problem, but you load the air with even more dicamba. Our trees are rolled up. Our gardens are rolled up. The horticulture crops are going to be rolled up. So so you're going to turn it into a non-ag issue. And then the other thing that's going to happen is all of a sudden you stop the development of any of these newer technologies that actually have better herbicide packages in them. Every breeding station, in, whether it's a university station or a private station in the Mid-South, has been hit by dicamba. Every seed field's been hit. Every variety trial has been hit. Just go down the line. So now you tell me which one is best. Is it best we just go? And, and then the other thing is we've already proven that you can develop a dicamba-resistant pigweed in as little as three years. So we plant 100% of the acres in dicamba, and, and everybody's happy for a year or two, and then it's we'll bleep that. quits working. And so now you're a farmer out here, and you're not controlling your pigweeds or your water hemp with dicamba, and, and if you if they get bad enough, you, you're going to have drastically reduced yields or may not put a combine in the field. But if you don't plant them, then your neighbors are going to kill you. So so what two choices does that give you? I mean, there's a whole bigger picture here about whether we plant dicamba or not, but your choices with dicamba are all dicamba or no doc, dicamba. I mean, neither one of those options is real good. I don't know what side you're on or where you're coming no, from. I, no, 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 no. Ford, you have to understand I'm media, so I'm right in the middle. So I need to hear both sides of the story. And Sure. Yeah. When they were talking about stopping the sale of it here, in the middle of the season, I mean, one side of the argument, you got these farmers that said, look, I paid the trade fee. I bought this technology in good faith. I was told I could spray it. And now you're going to take it away from me in the middle of the road? Well, yeah. I mean, you can take that side of it, a sixth-grade debate, and have a field day with it. But on the other hand, for every acre there, you got two acres that are being severely affected, and yields are going to be severely reduced, and those farmers don't have a snowball's chance in hell of getting any compensation from anybody. So what about those guys? And, and you know, down here, nobody's even been asking about them. It, it's, well, what's the effect of these people that bought the technology they are not going to be able to use it? I get that. But by damn, what's the effect on the million acres of soybeans we got that have been hit with dicamba that you start trying to figure a, somewhere between a 10 to 50% yield loss on a 60-bushel average year at $10 a bushel and do the math? Where I'm coming from is a farm broadcaster, and I hope the heck we don't see what you're seeing down there up here in the Corn Belt. I do, too. I do, too. But what I'm afraid for you guys, I guarantee you, if y'all start seeing individual fields that get hit, if you're not careful, 
you better look out because in about three weeks, you, you guys are not going to know for sure what you've got until the 1st of August. And I hope it doesn't happen to you. Don't get me wrong. Well, I thank you, Ford, very much. Thank you, sir.